Christmas, werewolves and cavities, all in a day's work for today's guest, Bethany Fisher, on Benny Asking People Questions. My next guest is an entertainer in the truest sense of the word. She is, of course, a children's entertainer, but her strength in performance is not to support her online content, but rather her online content is to support her shows. Her live performance is meticulous, it's calculated, and it's a genuine homage to what it means to be on stage and to put on a show. And it's this complete dedication to this craft that sees her so sought after. I am genuinely in awe of someone who immerses themselves this richly in a craft as she does. So it's with little wonder that I would be so excited to have the chance to chat with her today. Welcome Bethany Fisher, aka Beth Fisher, all the way from Melbourne. Thanks for chatting with me today. Oh, thanks for having me. I feel like I need to hire you to write all my promotional material after that. I've become a bit flushed. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, you're, you're welcome. And just FYI, I have a tragic habit of doing stuff for free. So, yeah, if you want to hire me, then I'm probably your best person to do it because I refuse to take money. Um, now, actually, let's. I just want to launch straight in touching on this aspect about you and this idea of performance. Because um, looking at your website... I sort of go through the website and it's and a lot of it in there's a lot of stuff about celebrating your shows and celebrating the selling and when shows are coming up and things like that. However, one thing that you differ from with with I almost every single other artist in this in the same world is you don't necessarily present a big bio of your history it's really specifically about the thing that that website is about um which is interesting because normally I can go onto the website and go, oh, okay, you were born in blah, 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 this is where you lived and this is what you, this is how it happened and cha, cha, cha. Now, you don't have that. So I have two obvious questions. Uh, why don't you have that? And second one is, well, then who the hell are you? Can you explain yourself? <laughs> Both very great <laughs> questions. I don't know, maybe a big oversight on my part. I'm not sure. Um, I think maybe once upon a time I had an about me and like a, a bio page and maybe someone mentioned that it wasn't needed. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah, I will definitely tell you a, a little bit about myself. Um, Cause I'll just gosh, to cut, just to cut it, yeah, just to cut in there. I mean, I could write something for you if you'd like for absolutely nothing. <laughs> Well, no, I guess I guess it's like because because for me the thing that strikes me about your the things you create and the things you do as I as I sort of mentioned in the introduction they're, they're really they're very calculated they're, they're they're very in the truest form they're a show you know it's not you walking on stage going hey here's a bunch of songs I'm going to perform them and make them fun which is wonderful you go out with this idea of a show and I guess. You know, that's not something you wake up and decide to do. That's kind of an inbuilt thing in you. So I guess it. I guess the question is, you know, in in a in a in a you know short, slimmed down version, what's your history in in entertainment and putting on shows? Where Great did it question. start? I guess it's probably no surprise that to you that my start was in musical theatre. Yes. Um, when I was little, I sort of did the dancing and the singing as, as you do. And my mum took me, I think when I was about five or six, to see a pantomime. And when it finished, they said, you know, we've got sign-ups for our next pantomime, Hey Ho Pinocchio. And I was like, mum, I really want to do that. So mum, you know, put my name down to sign up and auditioned and um, I got in and actually it was quite devastating because I came home from the first rehearsal and I said, Mom, I'm playing a bad boy. They think that I'm a boy. And obviously not realising that there's obviously a lot more girls in, in theatre and yeah. that girls often play male roles. But, I, you know, I had my heart set on being the blue fairy and, oh, God, at the time I was just devastated. Um, Which is it really. <laughs> yeah, because I guess ironically looking back now, it's actually a real testament to your ability, isn't it? Because they've gone, if anyone's going to be able to pull off that kind of complexity it's going to be you which you know what I mean had I been your mum that's probably what, what I would have said but yes probably doesn't come well, when you're young. I did find out that every single 
girl in the show did end up playing a bad boy oh, okay. because <laughs> that, that was just that was just how they they just needed bad boys. They didn't have any young boys. Obviously, there's like Pinocchio and all the other. Actually, I think Pinocchio was a girl too. Now that I think about it, um, but yeah, that was where it started. And and from there, I, I went from musical to musical. I think I I did about twenty by the time I finished primary school. I just absolutely love wow. um, performing. So it all really stems from from being on the stage. And, and as you said, from from putting on a show and, and that's what I love to do. I love to perform for an audience. And I think that's sort of initially really where the passion stemmed from. Hey, welcome to Zombieland. It's yeah. a party. Go ahead, everybody dance. Do the draggy leg. Oh. You surely can be a part of the team. Gotta wave the flag like a freak flag. Fly, gotta stare when we pass by. Woo. Not your average guys, but you know we're fly. Yeah. So alive, just on a different side. Yeah. Look in my eyes. We're the same but What's, where's your audience? Because, I mean, you aren't you aren't naught to sevens per se. I mean, I, I kind of see you in that sort of pre-teen, potentially early teen. I mean, is there is there an age group that you feel you more identify with with your shows or have you never really no, given it that much thought? Absolutely. It's it's really more the, the primary school age. Mm. Um, obviously, it's, it's something that we sort of see the younger kids and even the older kids really sort of love as well when they sort of let themselves, you know, actually enjoy it instead of you know being too cool for for school (laughs) um it is really that sort of um that um yeah primary school age um Mm. that's the the main target for the show which is a little bit different um but that was sort of the performing that that I loved to do um and I I guess at the time I didn't really give it too much thought I was just like this is what I love to sing and and that was sort of the the target audience that came from that I also don't think it's an audience that we give a lot of um, attention to in Australia. Like I, I, doing these podcasts, I talk to Americans and um, and c- uh, people in Canada and things, and they and and the family music genre is a very strong presence. Yes. Whereas we kind of push everything into children's music and never really step back from that and go, well, can that not be early teens? What what is that age group? Um, did you did you find? Was that a tricky thing when you first put yourself out there trying to, ex- I don't know, like yeah, was, definitely. was there a hole? I, look, I think there is a hole and I think it is it is a little bit challenging because people sort of go, oh, well, it's not sort of the typical kids' entertainment that we're used to because, as you said, in Australia, the, the common thing sort of is that that um, preschool, early childhood mm. um, age group. And obviously, you know, there's, you know, fantastic um, musicians and entertainers in that area, um, but it is sort of, I guess, sort of bridging a, a little bit of an area mm. that that was a little bit more untapped. And and I do sort of like the idea of it being sort of a family show, um, and it's something that sort of reaches across all of the the age groups and can sort of really get the whole family um, involved. Did you do much research into what was already out there, or this truly was just in your heart from the word go? You went, "This is what I'm doing. This is where I'm doing it." Like it was a, it was more a response to your genuine desire as opposed to, "Hey, there's a, there's a niche in the market I can fill." No, absolutely. My very first show that I did was at the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne. Um, they have the Starlight Express room, and yep. I sort of knew that I, I sort of just wanted to get out and, and perform. And and this was the music that that I loved, and I knew that a lot of other kids loved as well. So I got in touch with them there, and sort of it was a very lengthy process. Um, but I, all these years later, still have a really wonderful relationship with the the Starlight Express room and the Captain Starlights, and and that was where I started. I went in and did my show there and they filmed it and it used to get requests on satellite TV and they'd get me back. So it really just built organically and I'm very driven by the responses of the audience and what the audience likes um, and, yeah, sort of build it based on what I feel is is working best and, and, yeah, people are enjoying it at the time. I would actually shorten that sentence, Beth, to just you are very driven. And just leave it there. I think you could probably just trail the rest of that sentence. Off I do go. need to, to hire you to do all my writing for me. Well, I've just I've just spent the last day looking deeply into your 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 career, and yeah, I think driven's pretty fair. I think it's a pretty fair uh, word to to attach to you. Thank you. This is my two minute toothbrushing song. The time goes quickly when you brush. Along. First you put on the toothpaste 
let's let's just skip for because this began quite early on. You've been doing this for quite a while, haven't you? I have. Yeah, I think I was sixteen the first time I I wow. went to the the Royal Children's. Wow. Um, yeah, so a little while. Wow. Yeah, I, I love how you've just not then put it. <laughs> Yes, Ben. You on that. Yes, Ben. It was a it was a long time ago. Thanks. Um, yeah, because... I will tell you. I, I have celebrated my ten year anniversary at the Royal Children's. We had a little bit of a celebration. But you are. Um... But you, but, but you, so you're going to tell me you've celebrated your ten year anniversary, but you're not going to tell me how long ago you celebrated the ten year. Yeah, we celebrated my ten year anniversary about thirty years ago. Um, okay. So if if okay, well I'll, I'll leave that because clearly we're all everyone's feeling awkward now. But the other reason I bring it up is because 2019, and I, and I know I skip a lot forward, but there, but this, but this is this seems around that 2000, 2019, 18, 19, something. There's there's a big thing with you because obviously the the, the main thing is I see that the what's on for kids awards. I mean, you you get the best kids show and you get the best uh, you get the people's choice award. Um, and this is predominantly around your Christmas show, isn't it? Is this correct? Oh well, my Christmas show is is obviously a, Christmas is a very busy time for me. Usually, mm. obviously, last year was a, a little bit of a different kettle of fish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Christmas is definitely I, I love I love Christmas. It's my, simply my favourite time of year. I love the Christmas show that I've put together, and I'm very fortunate that I get the opportunity to do it not only in Melbourne but often um, in other states around the country, which is fantastic. Um, but it was it was both shows that contributed to um, the What's On For Kids Awards. Um, but if, if, you, if you made me pick, it's it's Christmas. I, I love Christmas. <laughs> I can't. I can't. You can't move past it. Yeah, I know. I think I think it's everyone's secret favourite because it's also just the, the crowd's already there for you, isn't it? Everyone's just out uh, ready to see Christmas stuff. Whereas if you go, hey, I'm doing a show on, you know, about, like, with, with all due respect, about cavities and tooth decay, <laughs> I'm not sure how many people will turn up. However, I'm, I'm here to be proven wrong. Does the award, does something like that, because you had been doing it, you know, it had been really part of you by this stage I mean does the does it award like you know best kids show is it is it kind of I guess there's three things like is it is it just purely validating or is it good for marketing or does it hold a different kind of significance f- for you I think taking a step back beforehand I think um the what's on for kids awards um and if you know Elise from yep. from what's on for kids and yep. and what she does for the children's um yeah, entertainment amazing, activities amazing. In, yeah she does some really incredible work so I think first and foremost having a platform like that where we have the ability to really recognize so many wonderful industries and areas that don't get the recognition in yeah. other areas is yeah. fantastic I had the opportunity to perform at the what's on for kids awards oh, that amazing. year as well amazing. which is just awesome um, we opened the awards, which was just so much fun. And it's honestly, the highlight of the night is really the people that you meet. Obviously, I was beyond honoured yeah. to win the award, especially when there are so many amazing mm. children's entertainers in this country. But the people that you meet are the most valuable takeaway from that evening and what um, Elise puts together. And it really is a testament to the industry. Yeah. We are an industry of the most wonderful, caring, generous people and getting to meet these people that you see on Instagram and yeah. social media and, and websites and you hear of, getting a chance to meet them and, and put names to to faces is the best thing. Mm. Today's episode of Benny Asking People Questions is brought to you by What's On For Kids, <laughs> www.whatsonforkids.com.au. Get behind your industry. back to you <laughs> um, your shows are quite big I mean they're, they're, they're very when I say big I don't, I don't necessarily they're, they're just um 
you know, they are shows. They really are shows. There's no afterthought in your in your productions. I also see this in the YouTube videos as well. There's there's a lot of professionalism staged um, that suggests to me there's a lot of thorough planning that goes into what you do. You're not rushing content out. You're making sure the content you provide is is what you want that content to be. Is that a fair statement or...? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I think as as you said in the introduction, summed it up really well. I know with YouTube and things like that, there's a lot of algorithms and, mm. and boxes that you have to tick. But I perform genuinely because I love to perform. And I put music videos together because I love to perform. I love to edit. It's one of my secret talents I do all the really? editing of my music videos cool. yeah That's awesome. um when I was little I used to love you know directing and, and making movies and and things like that I love the behind the scenes side of it so it Amazing. really comes from a point of I want to make a music video let's make a video this is what we're going to do and and put it together and and sort of edit it from there so it, it really comes from I guess a genuine place of just wanting to put together something fun yeah, that's that's a really interesting thing you should say that because that that is that that sums up exactly what I see in all your performances. Every everything that I've watched on on YouTube, all the things I've watched, um, you know, the, the, the watching the shows and and listening to the album. There's a there's a there's a thing behind everything you do, and 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 it's and it really warms my heart to hear that that's just you loving it because you can, and and I guess for my what I would say to you as the viewer is you can really see your passion behind what you do um and I think and I think particularly in the YouTube videos like I really watch them and go yeah there's like just even simple like I was watching the zombie one the other um zombie land and um that is to date my favorite video that I have ever made I just love that it's just even the setting like it's it's almost like someone's garage that you've just gone, that ah, looks kind of all run down and a bit dishevelled and that's kind of where zombies would hang out, I guess. <laughs> and and I love and I love that there's just like it's such a it's such a small thing to do because ultimately it's about the choreography and it's about the performance. But you have made that effort to just go, yeah, but what's just behind us? Let's let's just go that little ex you know what I mean? And I kind of get that sense with everything you do that there's always just this step you're always taking this step further away from the performance to ensure that everything that's standing behind the performance gives the performance everything it deserves? Yes, I, I certainly try to. And and with the, the Zombies video, I was incredibly overwhelmed because when I popped that up on YouTube, I actually got contacted by the producer of the Zombies movie in America no. commenting... Yeah, commenting on the video and how impressed he was oh, with what we put together, which was, again, incredibly overwhelming because the only reason I ever put it together was the movie came out. I loved the movie. I loved the music. I wanted to put something together um, and we put something together that we were all really proud of. So then to be recognised in such a way oh, was really, yeah, really cool. I'm about to show you. What you gonna show me? I guess nobody talked to you. You ain't gonna tell me. I'm about to put in work. Listen, this is my turn. Woo! Bam! Oh man, oh man, I'm the man that you can't do it like I can. Bam! Oh man, oh man, you're a fan. I'm scared this is zombie land. Bam! Oh man, oh man, I'm the man that you can't do it like I can. Bam! Oh man, oh man, I'm the man with the plan. Let me do my because it's a it's a it's a pretty I mean it, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff around that on YouTube isn't there I mean there is the, when I went on it I kind of went okay there's a lot of content to have your signalled out is is quite a feat really yes it was very very cool yeah great all right let's <laughs> leave that there um, <laughs> I can't I can't really sum it up more than that it was it was no, so it was cool. totally cool it's I was totally playing with cool. my friends when I got the contact and I'm like oh my gosh the producer of zombies is they're like, I don't understand what you're talking about. It's I was like, so it's true. So cool. I have that conversation all the time. I say to people, going, oh, I'm talking to Bethany Fisher today. They just blankly <laughs> look at me and go, who's that? And I go, don't worry about it. Do you have like a team of, of, of like, you know, people dressed in black that walk around with you and, and set up all your shows and stuff? Or is it still just you with a, with a zip drive plugging it into the mixing desk? 
Yeah, it's just I actually use an old school iPod, would you believe? Amazing. The day that that dies on me, I will cry because iPods are great. Yep. So, yeah, I have an iPod. I have a script. um, And, yeah, I take it up to the sound guys and I say I try and stick to script. Uh, Obviously, it's an interactive show, so it, it... it um, fluctuates yeah. around a bit and it's it's me and, and my dancers and we hit the stage and we genuinely have a ball. Well, then let's talk about the dancers because, let's face it, there is no Bethany Fisher without the dancers. <laughs> um, now, on yep. your of your website, obviously, you've got uh, Brigitte. Brigitte? Uh, Bridget? And is it Rochelle or is it Rachel? Rachel. Rachel, Zara, Sean and Mitch. Yeah. Now, you know, these these people just, they just, they're career performers. I look at them and go, yeah, you've been doing this since you were four. This is what you do. This is the rest yep. of your life set in stone. Um, however, then I go to the film clips and there's like another 600 of you. <laughs> um, how do you, how do you, I mean, are they are they just like so desperately into it? As well, I guess. I guess what I'm really trying to get is how do you ensure availability with people that really are career performers? I mean, particularly if you're, do you fly them into state with you? I mean, are they just part of the 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 furniture now? Yeah, absolutely. We we often travel into state together as a group. Um, so either three or five of us will often hop on a really early flight to, gosh, right right before the COVID shutdowns happened, we did a day trip to Perth, which sounds like the, it was one of those things. And I asked my dad because, you know, we still ask our, our parents don't know the answer to everything. I was like, you know, can you do it? Can you do a day trip to Perth? And dad was wow. like, you're never going to know until you give it a shot. Wow. So I think it was, oh gosh, about this, maybe the 7th of March last year. So right before everything happened, we got up at 4am, we flew to Perth, landed, um, got ready, had breakfast, did two gigs, um, and then flew back that night. Um, Ended up with a really big delay at the airport, which I think made the day a bit too much. (laughs) But we, yeah, we we do it. We'll sometimes go away for a week. Uh, Sometimes it'll be a weekend. And if you're crazy like we are, sometimes it'll be a day trip to Perth, which I don't recommend. No, that was a long day. That is an extreme version of dedication to to your craft. Was that was that out of necessity? Like it was a bit like them saying, "Look, we will hire you for this show and to fly you out, but we can't put you up the night." It was a little bit to do with commitments as well, commitments that we had in Melbourne. That meant if we were going to say yes, we really had to do the round trip in the day. Oh my goodness! So you all you did that, and then clearly the next day jumped on and did another show. Yeah, I can't remember thinking back now what wow. it was, but had something on in Melbourne the next day, and I was actually in a musical that finished the night before, which was why I couldn't oh my. fly out to Perth any earlier. So still <laughs> in between all these, still do musicals for fun. So I think I did Mamma Mia and we, we I think I got out of the theatre at about 11.30 on the Friday night and then was up at 4 to catch the 6am flight to Perth wow. the next morning. Man, that is, yep, okay. That's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the whole interview here, Beth, and just go, thanks for chatting, let's talk later. Um, that's insane. That is really quite extraordinary. Um, yeah. And, yeah, hey, look, you do it, huh? Because you're a performer and that's kind of what you've just got to, well, <laughs> I don't have to do that. I've never done that. But I'm just saying if I was asked to do it, I'd probably do it for just the... the, the touched on this but I guess it's it's a bit of a cliche question but I feel for you it's just even much more pertinent than anyone else I mean what what did COVID do to you last year I mean what 
how did you how did you find the motivation to just move beyond a year that really would have decimated for the lack of a better term really would have stripped you quite bare quite of your livelihood yes. yeah covid was very tough for a lot of people but covid was actually the, the time that COVID gave, especially in Melbourne, was actually really quite wonderful for me. I had decided to take a gap year from my, I guess, day job as a dentist and wow. focus full-time on Stay my at home. performing, <laughs> which went super well. And it's, wow. just, you know, you hear it. The first email comes through, the second email comes through, the phone calls, and, you know, within a couple of days, everything is just gone. It's gone, yeah. Um, and it's still you know, on. It's still all on tenderhooks. I mean, it's not like anything's it is. a given. And, you know, May for me is usually, May, June is usually Christmas already. Um, often right. we are full steam ahead and, you know, just no one could, could do anything. No one knew anything. So everything pretty much just shut down and mm. we just had to, I guess for me it was a really wonderful time to take just a step back and to really focus on me mm. and put myself first and I came out the other side really refreshed and really motivated and just excited to just really take opportunities as they came and sort of grasp them with with both hands and yeah. dive head first. Yeah and I guess I guess you I mean you 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 are an extraordinarily busy person with a lot of hats doing a lot of different things and yes even though you love them and you have the energy because you're you thrive on the excitement of them there is still fundamentally it's exhausting. It is. And you don't realise really how exhausting it is until you're actually given the, well, almost, and not to put a negative spin on it, until you're forced to rest. You know, it's not till That's then right. that you kind of I mean, go, weekends. Oh, yeah. What a weekend. Yeah, it's yeah. like it was the most bizarre thing that you could just, you know, sleep in on Saturday and not spend all night Friday organising costumes and set lists. And it was a really, you know, different lifestyle and I, I really did miss it. I love being on the stage and the energy and the kids and I I just live for that. It's what I love to do. But it also was nice to have a little bit of an opportunity to see that other other side of life. I I just I just wanted to slow how the, down. How the humans I didn't, how everyone else lives. How the, how the humans live. I didn't, you know, I I could have sort of pivoted and done the online stuff, but what I do really is that live interaction yeah. and I just figured I would just take a little bit of a step back and reassess when, when things started to get back to normal. I want, I want to jump to the Christmas show now because the reason I want to sort of dwell on that is because obviously there's the album, um, which, you know, which, which, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's the only thing I could find on Spotify. Yes. So it seems like the only album that you've sort of released, um, and I guess around the show. I mean, it, it, just before we go into it, I mean, why is that? Was it just that just was the one that seemed more coherent, or? Um, I guess it just comes back to the fact that I love Christmas. I have a Christmas DVD. <laughs> I have a Christmas if I'm going to do it, if it's I'm going to do it, it's um, going to be Christmas. It's obviously very niche. Um, when I won What's On For Kids, I was like, you know what? I love Christmas. It's July. Let's do Christmas in July. We only get one month to do it. Now we've got two. So I don't know. I guess it just ties back to the love of you Christmas. You just love it, and yeah. I just love, you know, the joy and people are nicer and, yeah, Christmas just makes me very happy. Well, it is. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a very it's a very realised album. It's got beautiful pop songs on it. It's big. It's celebratory. I mean, I, I think the thing with any sort of Christmas content is you sort of – it's hard to escape this idea that it, that it is – it's an album of purpose, you know. It's a Christmas album. It's an album that serves to play off a certain event, you know, um, as opposed to just, hey, here's a bunch of songs I've written about just stuff. Um, but I guess for you that's not really that – it's not about that, is it? I mean, this this is a real love for you. This this was genuinely – you just love – I mean, you, you could have yeah. released this in August. <laughs> really? <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's, it's a real – love for Christmas but as you said it's 
it's I don't think it's too far from the music that I do all year round. Yes, it's Christmas themed, but it is still music that you can just enjoy for all as as music and and mm. as what it is. And I guess it just it really just brings me that great level of yeah. for lack of a better word that I haven't used 500 million times when talking about Christmas, joy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why joy and Christmas go so well together. What's your favourite time of year? Can you tell me? The one that never gets here fast enough. Is it fall or spring? A winter thing? Summer is my favourite time because... album it's a very beautiful album and and you know it's performed well and it's great and I saw immediately how how it would transition onto the stage and what it would look like but in in amongst tucked away well not tucked away it's like song number two but there's Christmas is coming this really beautiful ode to the absence of someone you care for um now it there was something about that song that stood out than all the others and I don't necessarily mean it's any better but there was something about you behind that song um and the only reason I, the only reason I bring it up is because again again if we look at this idea that you're so you're 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 so invested in the behind the scenes as well and I think that really comes through in everything you do this was a moment that I just kind of went wow there's there's more you're more present in this song I don't know why but I just felt there was something quite meaningful to you about Christmas is coming that actual song um Am I just really, have I like just hit a bullseye or am I just flailing arrows into the bush and just hoping that it <laughs> sticks to something? It just felt, it just felt like you, this was for, was for someone or something. Well, obviously, you know, it is the title song, Christmas is Coming, and I think of, of the album and I think it's because, you know, it is that excitement towards, towards Christmas. Um, it isn't actually an original song. It is a cover of um, a song by R5, who are an American band. Um, but I do, I listened to it and I liked it. And I take them to my fantastic producer, Craig, and I modify them and I sort of give them um, the Bethany Fisher vibe, mm. I guess. Um, and it is sort of really that, um, I don't know, I guess that that just that that longing and I just I feel so much warmth at Christmas time and I feel like it's just that time of year that I just you miss, look forward to yeah. so yeah you miss um and it I think that's sort of where what you can hear comes from is just that real sort of genuine warmth and excitement towards that time of year. I think it's really there. I, I really do generally mean that. There was a, that song just immediately leapt out to me from a performance perspective. It doesn't mean it was lacking in the others, but you can always tell when there's a, just a few more layers to something and yeah. there was just simply more layers in that. I just felt you were much more... Um, I've got to be careful because I don't want to say you weren't present in the other ones, but but I just there was something there was more of your heart in that one, you know. Like no, I, I really I love that, and I think it, it ties back to what you've sort of mentioned a few times is that for me it's never just a song. Hmm. Whenever I hear a song, whenever I write a song, it's always what does this song look like in the very final product on the stage or in the video? You know, it always is, it's cohesive. It's it's never isolated. To me, if, if ever I hear something, I always go, how can I make that me? And how can mm. I get out there and, and give it everything that it deserves? Oh, oh, Christmas is coming. Those elves and reindeer are running. And I just want you by my side. Santa is coming to town. And you're not 
of the album's original? I think on the one that's up there, one of them is original. Right. They're not all of the songs from the album are on the Spotify. Right, okay, okay. It was How long did it take you to prep for that show? It was a big show. I, I know I keep harping on it, but it just feels to be the one that really, I don't know, it, it, it's... It definitely has the Christmas show. Yeah, yeah. Is it was? I mean, do you, do you did it take you six months, seven months, eight months? Did you wake up in the August? The Christmas show changes every single year, right? Um, so we have a lot of favourite songs that never go away, and every year we add new ones. Um, so last year, oh, not last year, the year before, the Jonas Brothers released a song like it's Christmas. And a huge Jonas Brothers fan. Um, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to Bethany fire this song. So I took it away. I reworked it um, and came up with this. I'd always wanted to do a partner jive and came up with a partner jive number. Mm. So we usually, myself and my dancers, usually do what we call Christmas boot camp. Um, we get together. Um, we take a whole day. We rehash all of the material. We learn new routines and choreography. Yep. And that's sort of like our big Christmas prep day. And then from there, I will go away. And it really is a process of working out the flow of the show, the introduction songs and the interaction songs and all the way that I can put the different songs together, often shows with different lengths as well. Yep. So there's taking in that balance of, of time and making sure that I sort of feel like I've I've ticked all of the boxes and put together something sort of cohesive. So it's it's never really an ending process. Yeah, it's always sure. ongoing, sure. it's fluid, it's always changing. Um, no, Really no two Christmas shows are ever the same because we have different size stages, which means we have different size dances yeah. and different choreography and different yeah. length sets. So it's it's a constantly wow. fluid so, so you're changing even, process. You're even changing it to, to the place where it will be performed. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Wow, okay. Are you, are you more comfortable on a bigger stage? Or Love a big stage. <laughs> Love a big stage. Because I was watching the um, the Domain show on YouTube. Oh, Carol's on the Domain. Yeah. yeah. And I saw you walk out and you came out and it's like anything, you know, it's a playback, it's the timing's always a bit tricky. And I kind of went yes. and I immediately sort of went, oh, you know, she looks like it's a big stage and that might be a bit overwhelming. And then slows it when I went, no, nah, she's <laughs> Beth's all over this. She's loving this. And I just, and, and it was weird over that one little bit that you had on YouTube. By the end of it, I went, no, nah, you're owning it totally. Um, yeah. Is it just the space? Is it the space? Is it just the ability to run around more? Is it because it, it's energy. harder to interact? I personally find if I can't get down, like literally get into the audience, yeah, I feel like my show misses 50% of what I'm able to do. Yes. And the domain was a little bit more challenging as well. Um, and as you said, the first time I did it, I was so nervous before I got out on the stage. Yeah, totally. Obviously nervous because, you know, <laughs> it's it in the domain. It's a big deal. But you, you get out there and, you know, you go, I'm doing this because I love this. Yeah. And the thing that was so stark about Carol's in the Domain, so I was the last act of the pre-show before the mm. televised Carol starts. So entertainment starts from about 3 o'clock in the afternoon usually and runs till about... I think like 6.30 and yeah. then they start filming about half an hour before it goes live to TV. So we were the last act before the pre-show and the first year that I did it was the first year that they'd sold tickets. So previously it's just a big yeah, sort of picnic yeah, blanket grass yeah. event so it fills up at the front first. But because you could buy tickets, it meant that I walked out to this huge area of empty <gasps> chairs because you didn't have to be there early. Did, yeah, because you had just... And then yeah. behind that is this huge crowd of 60,000 people. So it really... I mean, it's, it's a great training wow, tool yeah. really because it really teaches you... You have sort of right at the very front the the families of the performers who were already there. So you've got sort of a small ring and then you've got the chairs, which is a, a pretty decent area, and then behind that's all the people. So it really does, you know, you've got to tap into those 
you know, openness and keeping their head up and looking out. And mm. you still want that person right at the very back to feel the same amount of energy that you're feeling at the front. That's actually really interesting because because the micmacs are the other people that I've spoken to about this and said, how do you how do you do that with a big audience? And they said the same thing as you. They said it takes a lot to really learn how to be comfortable to have to move past the people right at the front. Like you don't ignore them because it's just human nature to want to get people's eye, but it's a real, it's a real training ground to know how to, to, to project your energy and your attention beyond that first sort of five, 10 meters and try to get beyond that. Um, which is exactly what you said. When December comes, there's a change in the air. Season filled with tears, so you better prepare. Decorate the tree, gotta deck out the house. Grandma cooking up a storm, everybody gather around. When December comes, go and watch the lights. Remember being young, they shine so bright. Putting out cookies, milk, and carrots at night. Patiently waiting for Santa's sleigh to take flight. Bells are gonna ring, 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 ring. Little drummers with their drums go. Choir's gonna sing. It's a holiday for you and me. Oh, you know what? I asked you about the dancers and we just turned into a conversation about Perth, which is fair enough. <laughs> but, but just to fling back to the, the conversation, you're obviously attached to a dance school or something. Is that is that what's going on? I kind no, of get... no, so where, no, where do they where where does everybody come from? How do you how do you get five hundred people dressed as zombies on your zombie clips? Oh well yeah. Oh, for anyone listening to, yeah. for anyone listening at home, there is not five hundred people on the clip, okay? <laughs> just to clarify, don't go to no. expecting that. Um, so in the in the clips, um, we have had people from dance schools before. So a lot of my dancers are dance teachers yep. um, as well. So um, my my sort of main core dancers that sort of travel with and I perform with um, are either uh, most most of them are really from auditions um, auditions that I've held, um, and some are just from from people that I know wow. that are, are great dancers. Wow. And it's yeah, really great. We're just we have a lot of fun together, yeah. and it, it, I think it really comes like across on the stage the, oh, totally. the camaraderie and totally. that we love working together, and you know the ability to to be flexible and um, sort of just get up there and, and have fun. Um, now screaming all the way back to the uh, Christmas show, um, the magic of editing. I'll just pop that in in its appropriate place. Uh, <laughs> on this Christmas album, you. Definitely milked the uh, bells. <laughs> yeah. Like there was nothing, there was no, there was no um, suggestion that this was anything other than a Christmas album. I think every song. No, it's so- definitely Christmas. <laughs> every song I was I'm like. I'm surprised I haven't brought them out in the show, let's be honest. Get, get, get some bells. I could probably put them in the dancer's hair and on their shoelaces. I'm, it wouldn't put it past me. I must say, I think by the third song, I was kind of going, oh, come on, Bethany. I mean, you can think it like, you know, you don't have to have bells in it. And then by the time I got to the end, I went, woo, there's the bells. Yeah. <laughs> so whole, the whole mindset changed by the time I got to the end. With, yeah. with the album, do you, do you how, how involved are you in the writing and, and the production? Or, or are you quite comfortable to handing it over and going and then taking it back and going, okay, can we add a verse here? I need a bit here to do this bit of a dance. Do you like... What's, yeah, what's your involvement? So I will, um, for the originals, I write the lyrics and I often will go to the studio and I will just sing a cappella and then in my, the best way possible, sort of describe what I hear in my very crazy head um, and be like, sort of, this is what I hear. I'll often give sort of examples of, of songs. I don't, this is, this I don't is really what I, have the composition skill. This is what I hear in my um, head. A lot of voices telling me to head. go, to, telling me to go out and burn things. Okay, let's not put that in the song, um, Bethany. So, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of give examples. Um, if it's a cover, I'll often have like spliced it and moved verses and added. Um, musical interludes, doubled choruses, usually sped it up because everything's better faster at Christmas. Um, <laughs> and, and, and with a bell. And, Speed up everything and put a bell in it. Suck it up <laughs> with a few, a few semitones. Um, and then, yeah, work with, with Craig who has been producing my music for probably since I started performing. So we're very much on the same wavelength and he'll send something back and pretty much every time I just love it. Um, There might be like a few adjustments here or there, but we've worked together for so long now. 
um, that yeah, it's a, yeah, it's we, a pretty we, simple we, process. Yeah, it's a pretty simple, straightforward process. Um, I just want to finish off with the album just by throwing one lyric out to you, which I was very excited to hear. School is out, no work today, so I'm in my PJs, I will <laughs> so, stay. Yeah. Reindeer slippers on my feet, Christmas vacation on TV. I mean, you literally got the Griswolds into it. I mean, that's <laughs> like, if that's not Christmas in a nutshell, I mean, that was amazing. Um, but what I, did, what I did love about it, and it's very simple, but... It's and I don't know if they're your lyrics, but I'm just going to assume they are. Um, <laughs> just this idea no, that I need to, I'll neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> we'll roll with it. <laughs> um, if you want to find out the answer? You can probably Google it. Yeah, okay, I'll dive it in. Well, I just, I just like this idea that it celebrates just relaxing. You know, I think we get so caught up in like, oh, you know, I do it with my kids all the time. We're like, going, what are we doing today? I go nothing. And they're like, what? And yes. you go, you did have such a busy day yesterday. You've been at school all week. What do you want to do? Just, can we stay in a pyjama? We're yeah. very much in that Instagram, social media, everything must be picture perfect, you know, life. Mm. And it, it, it's so tempting to feel like every day needs to be like that. And, you know, I see on Christmas, you see people's, you know, dinner tables laid out with napkins and seven plates and Mm. 20 glasses and I love my pyjamas so given the choice I would wear them all day long you know so I think sometimes you know it is just what you want to do you just want to chill life doesn't always have to be go 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 I think also to get a bit philosophical on it for a moment I mean we we we, there's this real big push worldwide to really sort of um, embrace this idea of slowing down and mindfulness and stuff within us as adults. You know, we do this real thing where we sort of talk about, you know, you need time to yourself, you need time to just be, and, and, and it's wonderful and it's great. But then on the flip side of that is we don't apply that to our children. You're kind of like, well, they have to learn that somewhere. I mean, you know, that's a skill they need to, I don't know, it, it seems this real, we demand things of ourselves as adults that we'd never expect our children to do. It's, it's a, I don't know, it's strange. Now, only got a couple more questions for okay. you before I let you go. Um, let's just, Dr. Bethany's Tooth Tales, go. Dr. Bethany's Tooth Tales. So, gosh, obviously we've kind of touched on that I am a, a dentist um, as my my sort of qualified profession. Um, and it's, it's it's very bizarre. Um, it is. It's, uh, it's absolutely amazing. I think it's so great. It's so great. Thank you. So a couple of years, I've, I've sort of always toyed with this idea of doing something because I love dental education. It's the part of it that I love the most. And I've always sort of toyed with the idea of doing something. And a couple of years ago, I'd written um, two songs. I wrote one called the Two Minute Toothbrushing Song. And I'm incredibly passionate about flossing. Um, It's quite embarrassing, but, um, you know, everyone, including kids, should floss their teeth, but we'll leave that for another day. Um, So I wrote these two songs. And again, you know, I, I, they, they just fell out of me. The two-minute toothbrushing song, I'm pretty sure I wrote like in the shower. I got out, grabbed my phone, wrote down these lyrics, um, went to Craig, got the tracks back, um, loved them, and then just kind of sat on them. And then I was like, no, I'm going to do it. So I went and got photos taken and came mm-hmm. home. And again, I, I sat on it. And it hit the 29th of December last year. And I said, you know what? If I could spend the rest of my life performing and educating kids on how to look after their teeth, I think I would be incredibly happy. So I said, I'm doing it. I am going mm. to go all in. And, and from it, I have launched Dr. Bethany's Tooth Tales, which is effectively educational musical um, incursions for preschools. And is that why you've also chosen to study education? Yeah, I always loved teaching and I loved to learn. And even when I went through dentistry, I had always said, I think I'll go back and be a teacher one day. And we sort of COVID sort of slowing things down. And I had sort of knew that I, I didn't sort of love dentistry, the the practice of dentistry enough to want to do it Mm. for the rest of my life. 
Um, and so I was kind of like, well, I've always loved teaching. So I signed up and got in the next day after I applied. Um, last semester obviously was all online, um, yeah, which course. was an interesting experience. And and from there, I guess just sort of learning about that education side of things, it I think it really assisted sort of me realising that I, I'm really lucky to have a lot of this education. Yeah. That a lot of people, things that I would consider basic, you know, knowledge is yeah. the things that I was finding yeah. in daily practice that people just don't know. And I I didn't like being that person that, that was, you know, doing fillings and, and taking teeth out on, on really young kids. <laughs> it's, it's really... You know I, what? I love it. And, 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 really I, and I've, got to, I've got to be honest with you, they didn't like you being the person doing that either, no, just FYI. they didn't. And neither did the parents. <laughs> it's not a pleasant experience for anyone in the room. And I was kind of like, well, you know, why don't I try and and stop it? You know, do my part in in getting mm. that education, sharing my passion for flossing with the world. Um, so I I went back into the studio and I recorded another another three songs. So the program has five songs, all about teeth. Who who knew you could get so much content out of teeth? Well, there's how, how many how many teeth on average in a child's mouth? What's in, how many? In a child, before they lose teeth, they have 20. Oh, there you go. That's an album. Which I do reference in um, it's 20 my tracks. songs, which is why I'm like preschools, because yeah. once they hit prep, it's it's there's a there's a varying oh, yeah, number of teeth. So <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping it nice child. and simple at the moment. <laughs> Hopefully when they haven't lost any teeth or got six year old molars yet. It's very in its early stages, but is it but has the feedback been pretty good? The feedback's been amazing. Yeah. Um, already in centres, which is really fantastic. Yeah, excellent. And I think the thing that I find more rewarding than anything, obviously I've put this show together to educate kids, but I think for me it's hearing the feedback from the educators, feeling like they have been educated as well. Yeah. And I think that that is just the icing on top of it, that there's, I have the ability to hopefully make huge change in um people's oral hygiene habits I know it sounds like such a dry topic and I feel terrible for bringing this up but it, it it's just and it's such a bizarre thing to be passionate about but I really just love, love it, it. Well, <laughs> it's a very strange thing no that is that is pretty odd but but I do you you brought up a, a quite interesting thing which I kind of wanted to just quickly there's there's one of your Instagram posts that I want to read you, mm-hmm. you write in it um happy Easter everybody We all know that on days like today, we can often be a little more indulgent, but in the excitement of the day, don't forget to give your teeth the TLC they need too by drinking lots of water, brushing twice with fluoride toothpaste and, of course, flossing. Now, what I I love about it is it's touched very much on what you've just said about being a dry topic is... You know, this is Easter. It's all about a rabbit that runs around leaving chocolate eggs everywhere and then in comes Dr Bethany with her reminder of how bad it is <laughs> and don't eat too much and remember that your teeth will drop out. Is that a – not that it is that way. I mean, it's it's obviously done much more tactfully than that. But is that is that something – like you must be very conscious of that, that you are – Absolutely. Yeah, and I make that's... mention to that in one of the songs. Um, it's The song is called The Sugar Monster and there's a phrase where it goes, um, we can still have our favourite sweet treats sometimes, but they're not special if we have them every single day. Yes. Um, and then it goes on to that if we save them just for special occasions that we can keep the sugar monster far away. So, <laughs> you know, I love chocolate. I will be the first to put my hand up and say chocolate is my favourite snack food yep. um, and I love it. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm never going to cut chocolate out of my diet because I, I like it. And, you know, I'm not asking any or expecting <laughs> anyone else to do that or do that to their children either. But it's just about that understanding and awareness. Oh, my gosh. I love it. It's so great. I love listening to you. I love listening to you justify how to tell children to, to get in there and brush their teeth. I love it. No, it's great. It's yeah. beautiful. And, it, well, look, it's like, the, look, look let's, let's just leave that bit aside. <laughs> What, what is really wonderful about it is it's like everything you do. It's very meticulous. I, you know, my first thought was, you know, there was a trust. You know, I trust what you do. I, and I, only because 
from watching what, what you have done in the past, I've just gone, there's a, there's a lot of thought goes into whether whether that thought might only happen over a five-minute period. It, you're not you're a calculated person and, and you know, you can see that and, and I think this is just an extension of, of who you see yourself as and, you know, it doesn't surprise me that it, he's getting good feedback and it will continue to get good feedback and, you know, one day maybe all the kids will be flossing. My kids mildly obsessed with flossing but can't do it themselves. No, it's very tricky when they're mm, little And so they well. try to get me to do it, which then makes them scream. So it's we're not quite oh. there yet. But um, you know. So it is it's a good it's a good thing to have. I think referring to it as the icing on the cake, probably not on on um, brand. But um <laughs> Oh, so maybe that's you can, really funny. You can, yeah, maybe I'll take that phrase. Yeah, it's the skin on the apple. <laughs> yeah, now, it's the skin on the apple. Now, yeah, okay, two more things to wrap this up. Two more yes. things. Now, there's this thing that we we are all familiar with um, in performing and stuff, and that's when we refer to someone being the triple threat: a person who can sing, a person who can dance, and then of course the person who can act. Now you can sing, you can dance, and I thought, well, you know, so close. You almost had the acting as well. That was until I stumbled upon Blood Angel, Kinder Play, Stained, oh, oh my God, and Defenseless. <laughs> so it would appear you do oh indeed gosh. act. So what happened there? Why did you stop acting? I do. They're probably not the best examples to bring up in the podcast, Benny. We could refer to Blue Healers or The Hollow Men maybe as slightly more no, um, audience-friendly no, examples. No, no, because keeping, um, with your, keeping with your your children's performer's kind of image, I thought best go with, with Stained and uh, Blood Angel. Oh, they gosh. seem to me to be the Disclaimer, most. Disclaimer, do not watch. <laughs> I haven't even watched them, Benny. Um, Mark Savage, the director, producer, cinematographer, extraordinaire, is actually a really close friend of our family. When I was really getting into the performing, I was in a music video for Children's Entertainer, Paul Jamison. I don't know if you've heard of Paul before. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in his um, DVD or video, videos that it was back then, and Mark was the director, cameraman, one of the, the two, um, and I guess saw something in me from a, from a really young age and we, we stayed in contact, still in contact to this day um, with Mark and Mark has a, um, a very different style of um, I'm, filmmaking, I, I guess. Am, I am now very familiar with Mark, Mark Savage. <laughs> I've, I've done my research and he'll be yeah. my next guest on the podcast. Uh, I might just start up my own whole different different thing. Um, well, I guess I guess at the heart of that is I mean yes, I pulled those up, but um, but obviously you are still doing. I mean, do you find yourself doing much acting still, or are you just Look, really too a, busy? I do a little bit. I do more musical theatre than yep. anything. It just I did um, obviously Mark when he was in Australia when he would need people, we would get the call out. Um, <laughs> you know, most of you would be surprised. Most of my siblings are in most of the movies. And oh, funny side note, right. we probably won't make the podcast, which is fine. But Mark also takes photos. And he took a photo of my sister. I think we had costumes from the musical Annie. So she had one of these, like, ripped orphan costumes on. We put her in our cubby house and stuck her, like, a bit of hay from our guinea pigs in her mouth and some dirt on her face. And Mark took this photo and entered it in a competition, you know, we live, you know, a relatively normal life wow. as, as one does in suburban Melbourne and ended up getting all these people sending messages. How can we support this child and, and you know, donate money to, you know, help help get her out of poverty? And it was just my sister in the cubby house. Um, so that's just a, a funny side note. Um, oh you know, goodness. Mark would just always be like, hey, and, uh, you know, come, come and come see my, my new horror <laughs> film. I think mum went to the premiere of one of them and, and ended up having to leave because she just couldn't. She just <laughs> Too horrified. I love it. <laughs> so they're very horrifying. In case, you, in case you're listening and you haven't caught the drift, don't watch the movie. I have. I, I mean, I did. Really I gore. did. I mean, the, you have to find them. I mean, I, I, I looked and uh, I, yes. to to even find any of the the films. I mean, you know, you, you have to look for them. And so yes. I did, and I watched <laughs> them. And yeah, I mean, they're great. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, not great as in, not great as in like an amazing watch, but like full of all the things you'd expect to be in, in a film called Blood Angel. I mean, it's just yes. awesome. Um, <laughs> exactly. Well, but I did, I did do the Blue Healers um, and the Hollow Men. Yeah, um, a Hollow couple Man's of episodes cool, yeah. here and there. Hollow Men was fantastic. Working Dog, mm. uh, such a brilliant company mm. to work with. I, I absolutely loved my my time there. And, and look, I did love the acting, but. When I sort of got a little bit more um, into the high years of schooling, I became sort of really focused on my schooling and doing my sort of gigs on the weekend. Didn't really have time for anything else yeah. to, to fill in the gap. So it is something that I, I do really miss. And, you know, a big part of, of what I do on the stage is sort of that performance side of things. So yeah, so it's I still definitely love still to there, do, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's still there, but just it's not not the, the forefront focus. Of, well, of what I, I mean, I, I think for the sake of the question, we can officially establish you as a triple threat then. Then that's. Um... <laughs> Phew! <laughs> Thank <Wow>. goodness. <laughs> All right, so. Um, Bethany, it's been amazing to talk to you. And, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, and it's been, I think. I think what's been particularly good is, is you know, I, I, I've always, I felt, I always, it just felt very clear to me doing a bit of research that there was so much more to you. And I don't mean more to you than you were keeping anything, but I just went, there was, it's such a variety of work, but it's also so polished that I just thought there's, there's somebody very fascinating behind all of this. And, and it has been great to speak to you and I appreciate you taking the time. One last question. Sure. Um, which I believe should pose itself as a conundrum for you Ooh, as an okay. en- as an entertainer and a dentist. Yes. So to whiten the teeth or not to whiten the teeth? Oh, definitely a good question to have with your dentist. <laughs> oh, well, well, well deflected. Um, and, a, and an awesome way to answer and finish that up. Bethany, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great. Thank you for chatting. Thank you so much for having me. I've had an absolute blast and I'm definitely going to be in touch for hiring your skills for my copywriting. <laughs> my pleasure. No, it's cost, it's free, so do it. Oh, brilliant. If you'd like to know more about Bethany, then head along to www.bethanyfisher.com. Or, of course, if you fancy some flossing, head along to www.drbethanystoothtails.com. And, of course, for more Bennytime goodness, head along to www.bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny, asking Bethany questions. 